0: Tonight's Bible study was recorded in Bangkok, Thailand at a university uh, I was teaching a bible study at the university so I apologize for any uh, lower quality sound recording due to it being outside it was a windy evening and there's all kinds of ambient noise going on I also had the privilege of speaking uh, to the people that I was speaking to one was a uh, a buddhist a longtime buddhist and the other a muslim and so the Bible study was tailored more toward them, uh, but I hope you still enjoy. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to meet this place. To meet, we thank you for each one that's here. I ask that uh, we would have wide open ears to hear you today and hear what you want to say to us as individuals and to us as a group. So I ask that you would anoint uh, the teaching today, I pray that Holy Spirit you would teach and that we would hear. I pray that you have your way and power and I ask God to change, I ask God to challenge and I ask God that we would uh, be challenged individually to decide something else or to see something else. So God move, have your way, pray i Amen reminder uh, for our podcast listeners that we have an interactive feature with Bible Study, and that is through a website at www.speakpipe.com, that's dot com slash Monday Night Bible Study, all one word. You go there to that webpage, and there's a button that you can toggle, and you can leave us what would appear to be a voicemail. And we'd love to hear from you. Could be just saying hi, or maybe you have a question about Bible study, or maybe you have a comment, or you just want to tell us where you're from. But we'd love to hear from you. Could be something good God's doing in your life. So drop us a line, uh, leave us a message, and we'll endeavor to play that at our next Bible study. We're gonna, are uh, gonna need to turn in. You have an electronic Bible or. Second Corinthians chapter 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and verses 10 and 11.
1: Anyone you forgive, I also forgive, and what I have forgiven, if there was anything to
0: forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not with us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. All right, thanks. Uh, This is the letter, second letter that Paul, an apostle, had written to uh, the church at Corinth. The Corinthian church was started by Paul, and he had uh, corrected some things in his first letter, and this is his second letter which he is following up on some of the things that he had mentioned in his first letter and so i'm going to start with the idea and just make a statement that growth uh, if you think about physical growth how our bodies grow growth is a process over time and it takes time in order for that process to take place so in our physical body for children Certain size, but as we eat and we mature, we grow. So you really can't rush that. It's just a natural process uh, and of growth. Right.
1: Right.
0: Right. And so that type of an idea, and you could apply that to a plant, to an animal, to ourselves that idea is is also a spiritual idea, and I think sometimes we don't think of the spirit as being like this, but it is. Our spirits grow also, uh, and we need to nourish our spirit, we need to exercise our spirit in order for our spirit to grow. What is the food
2: food for spiritual
0: physical? Well, it's kind of interesting because uh, Jesus talked about uh, that he was the bread of life. And, and so he described himself as the bread of life. And he said, if, if you eat of him, or he described the water of life, if you drink of that water, you'll never thirst again. And so the idea was is that there's spiritual food that God has for us. And so people will look at that and say, okay, part of the spiritual food is reading the word of God, reading, yeah. reading scriptures. Okay, so that is, that's something that we do in order to feed ourselves. Um, spending time in worship is the way that we feed ourselves. Put in prayer, that's a way that we feed ourselves.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, I, I don't, I didn't know if I understood the last part of that, but what, what I'm getting at is that the food. You asked about the food, and so those are the those are the sources of nourishment. Uh, some of the sources of nourishment would be like prayer, worship, the scriptures. Uh, yeah, spending time in His presence. That's all part of that nourishment process. The exercise portion of it is uh, going out and, and ministering and out speaking going out and and sharing doing things like we did today going out and serving uh, maybe just serving and, and doing something for someone and that's all part of the, the physical the exercise portion of it right and so if you look at it, it the, the growth process of the spirit also takes time and there's a certain amount of effort because we we have to feed ourselves and we have to take the time to feed ourselves we have to take the time to exercise we have to take the time to do the things we do spiritually in order to grow and mature and so what was happening is that when paul the apostle who wrote this he had written this church years before and there were problems in the church. Like they had, done things that they shouldn't have done and there were people doing things they shouldn't have been doing and, and so he corrected things one by one. He said, Okay, change this, you need to change that, you need to not do that anymore, you need to take care of this. So he made corrections. And so now he's writing back he said, okay, the said, hey, Where do we go from here? And that's the process of growth. So, it was like children. Children when they're born they don't know how to do things. And so we have to teach them how to do things. Like children are born, they don't know how to read and write. They have to be taught that. Now children, when they're born, they have to be taken care of. If you have any, any younger siblings, you know that children, little babies can't wash themselves. Little babies can't feed themselves. Little babies can't do anything. And so we do things for them. And over time, as they grow, We teach them how to do things themselves. And so that was the process that Paul, the apostle, was doing with this church. He was teaching them how to do things themselves. But they would mess up sometimes. They'd make mistakes. Just like the first time we tried to read. When I was a small child, we didn't read very well. We made mistakes. Or if we tried mathematics and we didn't do it right the first time, we made mistakes. But we had to learn. So, right. So this is the process. So what he does here is he introduces an important concept into the church. He introduces an important concept into the people that he's speaking to. And it's the idea of forgiveness why we need to forgive and be a forgiving people. And the reason we need to forgive is because we're in a process. All of us are in a process. And so, it's one thing to say, oh, like if you're talking to a child, you didn't say that word right, you didn't pronounce that word right. Okay, try again. Well, that's great, you did it, okay? It's the idea of being patient with one another and being willing to forgive one another if we make a mistake and and, and what he's suggesting here is that that's an important part of how we grow and how we mature as believers is that we have to forgive and and there's no other uh, there's no other means that we've been given to live in harmony or to live in community together and to grow together as a people other than forgiveness. We need to be able to forgive each other. And so, now when he says that, the word forgiveness here in this passage, it means to do a kindness or to give. To do a kindness or to give. To
2: do a kindness to Yeah. Yeah,
0: especially, but specifically here, when they have offended. In other words, they've made a mistake. So, it's easy to be nice to people when they're nice to you. We all are. It's difficult to be nice to people when they've hurt us or they make a mistake. Right. And so that's the difficult part. And so that's what he's saying. He's saying... If someone offends us, if someone doesn't offend, small or large, that somewhere we need to be able to forgive that. We need to be able to do a kindness and to give to that person forgiveness. That's the only way we're going to grow together. Because when I forgive you, you grow, but I also grow. That's how we grow. That's how the church grows. I forgive you. Now you, you may think uh, that person doesn't care. It doesn't matter if they care or not. We still forgive. Yeah. That. So in this, in this scenario, he had he had corrected something in the church. It was a big offense. This was a big offense. He's talking about. It was a man who had committed um, a sin with a member of his family. It was, a big, it was a big problem in the church and so it was that big of a problem he's saying okay now years are the path. we need to forgive you need to forgive we need to forgive and we need to move on okay and this was after time this was after the, the offense was corrected this was after the situation was dealt with but now it's time to move on I said it's time to forgive so it's small things But it's also a big thing that we need to forgive, and and so you see how that's difficult. When someone offends us, it's difficult to just forgive. But that's a work that God does in us that makes our heart bigger in order to be able to do that. Yeah. So, so if we forgive a person, all right, then. and this is what this is what the apostle Paul is saying. He's saying he's saying, I want you to forgive people. But as the guy who started the church, he's like, Whenever you forgive people, I will back you up one hundred percent. In other words, you forgive someone, I am a hundred percent behind you forgiving people. That wasn't that important. He didn't even need to know the details. He just said, If you're forgiving I'm behind you 100%. That's what he's saying in this passage. He's like, so be a people of forgiveness, because I will back you up all the time when you forgive You can't go wrong if you forgive. If you're living a life of forgiveness, you can't go wrong. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying, I will back you up for your forgiveness. So here specifically, it's something that we need to practice. We have a responsibility, and, then, and this is the message here. I have a responsibility, we have a responsibility to forgive one another, it's our, it's our duty to forgive one another. It's not really an option if we're gonna live in community together. And so there has to be grace and there has to be love and but forgiveness is the key part of that. It's the key part of that. And so, the apostle, is right, he says, I will always, I will always back you forgiving and bringing restoration to people. And so you just can't go wrong. If I'm going to forgive and I'm going to restore relationships, I'm always right. I don't have to ask anybody about that. I don't have to say, hey, I wonder if I should forgive this person. The answer is yes. I wonder if I should work toward restoring the relationship I have with this person? Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Are there any um,
0: can uh, Well, if the dead, you know, you can't forgive them to their face, but um, you can forgive and release your heart from it. You just can't speak it to them.
2: Sometimes
0: it's, uh, Legal?
2: Sometimes it's illegal and then you can't forgive them. Illegal?
0: Illegal. What is? Sometimes it's illegal and then
1: you
2: can't forgive Well,
0: this was illegal. Oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was illegal. I and mean, he's saying, but we still need to forgive. See, this is a bigger forgiveness. This is really big. I mean, this was a... They, they didn't... The reason he's writing this is because they couldn't understand it. Because in their mind, they would forgive. If somebody offended them, they would say, okay, I forgive you. And so they asked Jesus one day, they said, well, how many times should we forgive somebody if they offend us? And, and the guy who asked me, is like, up to seven times. Because that's a lot, right? Seven times? Yeah. If somebody offends you, you forgive them. If yeah. offends you again, you forgive them. If yeah. offends you again, you forgive them yeah. you again. You, forgive them. Yeah. you see, seven times. It's like, so he's thinking, this is big, seven times. And Jesus looked at me and said, no, 70 times 7. 70 times 7. 70 times 7. 140 times. 190 times, excuse me. 490 times said, so forgive him. 490 times. And so so we think, you know, we think one time is big. And then the guy who asked him the question about seven times was big. And then Jesus said, no, 490 times. So so it is bigger than we can think of, it's, like it's bigger than what we can see. Okay? And that's and that's the message, is that it's gotta be bigger. If
2: bad guy like offensive yeah. people. Yeah. If uh, a person uh got off uh offense uh from a bad guy. Yeah. And finally uh, he uh, he forgive him he forgives
0: him. huh.
2: And that guy, bends uh, him. Yep. Every time. Yep. Every time. Every time. Every week. Every, <laughs> every month. What? Yeah. What, what you?
0: What you? Uh, what? What you did, uh, did
1: people do? For
2: Forgive. For you.
0: For You know, like they they took, yeah,
2: something to, to be. Yeah. Yeah, to beat and again and again and
0: again.
2: Yeah. Uh, yes. That uh, this guy uh, got many wounds, so many wounds, and he was taken to Hospital. So when they when they cut him uh, already, uh, and they go out, and if if he did that did kind of solution uh, again, uh, shoot. He,
0: you people or not yes <laughs> uh, That sounds crazy
1: <laughs>
0: it sounds crazy <laughs> i know i not, i don't I understand it sounds crazy yeah. but here's the thing um the the government is not the individual so in the Bible it talks like says okay well the government did not bear the sword in vain and so the government protects the citizenry from criminals, right? They put him in jail or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about forgiveness in me. So when, when they were crucifying Jesus, they were nailing They had beaten him. They had put a crown of thorns on it, said they were mocking him. They were spitting on him. They were nailing him onto a tree. They put him up on public display. He had died. One of the last things he said was, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. He forgives them. They're killing him. And then later on there was one of Jesus' followers, Stephen, who they dragged out and were stoning him to death. Just throwing rocks on him, stoning him. Right? One of the last things he said. What was it? Forgive them.
2: Yeah.
1: Or uh from uh, people, right.
0: people. But you understand though? Like they, they were able to forgive even though they were killing them. Yeah. So that answers your question. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but it yeah. answers your question. Yeah. You know, I, I ever, I ever watched,
2: yeah, I knew, uh, in palace. In what? In the uh, I yeah. 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 In Thai, you know, some, maybe um, someone uh, got got beaten, they got revenge. So taking revenge to kill.
0: Right. Uh, and
2: these dead ones, this guy dead. Right. Um, right. The Thai people, uh, on somebody.
0: I'll tell you a story. There's a man uh, in the United States. uh, He was called the Son of Sam. He was a he was a killer. He was a serial killer. Uh, People, this was back in I think the '70s. He would walk up in cars. There'd be a boy and a girl in the car, and they'd be kissing or something. And he would just walk up to the car and he would shoot them both. And so for one whole summer in New York, New York City. One whole summer, he just killed people, and people were afraid. You know, they're scared because he didn't know who he was, and he just like one after the other. How many people he killed? Like eleven people or something. So they finally caught him, and they put him in prison. So life in prison. He never gets out of prison. While he was in prison, he came to know, he came to faith in God. While he was in prison. Two point which I, the only reason I know this is because I know one of the, the, the prison guards that works there, he was leading a Bible study. Leading a Bible study and reaching out and sharing the love of God with other people now. But so he will never get out of prison. So he
2: thinks the a
0: person uh, forever. <laughs> well, he's in prison, but he's been forgiven—not um, by the state, by God. Right. So what, right. What he uh,
2: What he. Um, uh, what he. Uh, what he to to. Uh, what. What he. Uh,
0: no. No, in our state, in New York, they don't do that. So it's only li- life in prison is the worst you can get. Yeah. And punishment, no. So, but God used that time to bring him into relationship with God. You see what I'm saying? So we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And, and so we're called to be just a people of grace. Now, do I? His, those people, the families of people that he killed, did they forgive him? I don't know. I don't know. But we're called to, okay? We're called to.
2: Uh,
0: government don't care. Oh. Yeah. Government don't care. He he will never get out of prison. Yeah. Right. Until he
1: died.
0: So, what I'm I'm trying to get out of the story, though, is God did a miracle in his life that turned him from being the way he was to somebody else. And that can happen. And so when we are able to forgive people and we're able to, to find grace for people, you never know what God's going to do in their life. And we could be part of that. We could be part of that catalyst to see someone change. And, and it, it helps the whole body of Christ. It always helps the whole body of Christ. It promotes, it helps, it grows the whole body of Christ when we forgive. That's why it's important that we find a way to do that. We learn how to do that. That we grow into people who forgive. Because what he says here, he says this, that there's only one mediator and this is. You ask me how you do it, because it's hard. And so Paul says in this verse, he says, "I do this, I do this under Christ's authority." In John chapter twenty, Jesus gave all believers, all of us, anybody believes in Him, He gave the power to either retain sin or to or, or to or to speak remission over it. And so what that means is, think about when somebody hurts you. Okay, you can retain that sin against them, right? You can be bitter, right? so every time that person sees you, they know they hurt you, and you look at them, and you know, and you know they know, and they know you know that they hurt you, and so that sin never leaves. You follow what I'm saying that's that bitterness, right? And so if you retain sin, it affects our lives. But it not only affects me; it affects the other person. Okay, and so Jesus said he breathed into his disciples. He said, hey, if you forgive sins, though they forgive forgiven. You. you don't have to retain. And so, we've well, given the privilege of forgiving people. And so, like, in that situation, I was just saying, if somebody hurts you, but so you seek forgiveness into that and you forgive them, well, then the next time you see them, you may not think of that thing again, and may, they may not think of that thing again, and that sin is gone. That, that, that offense is gone after that. And that's how we rid ourselves of bitterness. We rid ourselves of those offenses. This is all part of a strategy. This is, and this is what he says. This is the strategy to outsmart the devil. Jesus, in, in our belief, Jesus has made himself the mediator. In 1 Timothy 2.5, it says there is one mediator between God and man, Christ, the man Christ Jesus. And so he, he's described as the mediator. So if I don't know how to forgive, I need to talk to him. If I don't know how to, to release something, release in a sense, I need to talk to him because he's the mediator. And so, you know, sometimes in real life you need a mediator, right? Like in, you got to have somebody that's going to stand in between you and another person sometimes to help you solve something. Well, Jesus is the solver. He's the one that brings the solution. And so, Paul is saying that this is how we outsmart Satan, our adversary. The way we outsmart our adversary is to forgive. Because he's out to try and injure us. He's out to try and injure the body of Christ. That's the job. He opposes whatever God's doing. And so, if he can injure us and he can cause division... And he can cause us to, to get stay upset with each other, be bitter with each other, then he wins. And so Paul's like, we got to outsmart him in this. And the way you're going to outsmart him in this is you're going to be a people who forgive, even when it doesn't make any sense. Like, that's what we're saying, right? It doesn't make any sense after that? All right, well, that's how we outsmart him, it, because it's not natural to do that. And so he's counting on us just doing the natural thing. The natural thing is to hold the grudge or be bitter, or to be upset with something. That's a thing, so We all do that. He's like, do the supernatural. Do something that's not natural and then you're going to be outsmarting the devil. And so that's how he describes that. Because a lack of forgiveness leads to despair. It leads to despair. At least it was despair in our lives. At least to despair in other people's lives. That's what a lack of forgiveness does. Because it leads to hard thoughts about God. All of a sudden God becomes somebody he's not. He becomes mean or he becomes... somebody that's out to get us or he becomes somebody that's waiting for us to mess up or something. But he's not any of those things. We're those things. He's not. And so as we learn to forgive and we learn to live in bigger forgiveness, we're taking on more of the nature of God and we see him more as he is. All right? And so that, you know, people that see Christians as unforgiving and judgmental, that's not who God is. And we've got to be bigger than that in order to, to show like, the personality and show this characteristic of God and let that develop in us. We have to be bigger than that. Because otherwise we're making division and we're hindering what God wants to do. There's a thing called there's an unkind and there's an unforgiving spirit that is in the church that needs to be defeated. And we do that through forgiveness. Last thing I'll talk about is we need to really, we need to really be aware of the devil's schemes. Because he's got schemes, and, schemes. and uh, we don't want to be cheated out of the life that God has for us. And and so the schemes of the devil are to cheat us. The schemes of the devil are to bring division. The schemes of the devil are to injure us. Or injure the body of Christ. So if we're aware of how He does that, how does He do that? Well, through unforgiveness. How does He do that? Through bitterness. How does He do that? Through creating division between people. How does He do that? By by inflating things that don't really matter that much. How many times you've been in a situation where where you see people mad at each other over little little things, but they get really mad about it. You know. You think about that, though. It's like, how does that happen? Well, I think there's a spiritual component to that. I I think there's a spiritual component to making little things seem big. And and it's it's a demonic component. It's wrong. Because there's no... If you think in your brain, there's no reason anybody should be this upset about this small of a thing, but they are. See, so that doesn't make any sense. And when things don't make any sense, a lot of times I look at that and it's like, that's that's some kind of a spiritual work that's no good that's going on and so if we're aware of that scheme which I'm making you aware right now so if you're aware of that scheme then to defeat that you have to be forgiving because we don't want to be cheated the word usage here that he uses a lot of times in the Bible the words uh, draw a picture it's a they create a a scene like a picture and so the word here is usually creating a picture of a game. Um, you ever play chess? As, you know, chess is a strategy game. You ever play chess? You know what I'm talking about? Um, chess.
2: The oh, like game.
0: It's like the game. Okay, there's a strategy, right? And so he's drawing a picture of that. He's saying, we're in this game, and we're making our move, and they're making their move. He's making his move. I'm making my move. But we're not, don't get cheated. Okay? Be aware of what he's doing. We're countering that. We're making our own moves and everything. But we don't want to get cheated. And the way we get cheated is the fall first And, uh, and And that's what we don't want to do. And so if we're going to outsmart him and not fall for his trick, the way you do that is with forgiveness and love. And that's what this whole passage is about, of of being aware of what he's doing so that we can counteract that with bigger forgiveness, bigger love, bigger grace, and that we can actually find ourselves in a place where we're growing to be more like Jesus, more like God, taking on his attributes, rather than living in kind of this, this weird, immature place that we're never meant to stay in. Your spirit needs to grow. Just like your body needs to grow, your spirit needs to grow. Just like uh, you grow in your mind by learning new things, your spirit needs to grow too. We need to grow our spirit. And one of the ways that we grow our spirit is through this whole idea of being a forgiving people. i got a couple of verses here. One is Ephesians 6.12. Ephesians 6.12 Ephesians 6.12 Anybody want to read that?
3: struggle is
0: not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Alright, so that describes our struggle. And, and, and a lot of times our struggle has a human face, but the real struggle is in the spiritual realm. As I, you know, you, you see it's a person. Well, it's kind of a person, but it's a spiritual struggle. It's always a spiritual struggle. People, uh, people sometimes are un- unknowingly pawns in something that's bigger than them, and, and they will do things that are outside of their character and outside of anything that we've seen them do before because they're being used as a pawn to hurt us. Our struggle is a spiritual struggle. And it's going to be one with a spiritual discipline. And one of those disciplines is forgiveness. And that's how it's going to be one. First Peter five eight Another verse First Peter five eight. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Alright, so the first part of that verse is be alert, like, be mindful of this, be mindful of what he's talking about, he's saying that we have an enemy that's trying to hurt us, so let's just be smarter than that,
1: and, and let's be aware of his scheme,
0: let's be aware of how he does things, there ain't nothing to be afraid of, it's just something to be mindful of so that we live the way that we're called to live, and As Paul said here, one of the ways that we're called to live is to live as people who forgive. I'm going to end with a story with Jesus. Um, This is from John chapter 8. John chapter
1: 8.
0: So we're going to John chapter 8 and then verses 3 through 11. and you can read the verses while i'm talking but in this passage jesus is passing through a town and he sees a, a big crowd of people gathering and they have a woman that they had caught in the act of adultery and so they were about to stone her to death and this is one of those big big offenses here she's caught in adultery and so they're going to stone her to death. And Jesus intervened. And he asked her what she had done. And uh, she said that she's caught in adultery. They, they all accused her and everything. And so Jesus says he wrote, started writing on the ground. We don't know what he wrote on the ground, but he wrote something on the ground. And he said to him, he's like, let him who is without sin cast the first stone to kill her. That's what he told all those guys. And so maybe he was writing a list of sins on the ground. <laughs> I don't know what he wrote on the ground something. Maybe he wrote down there lying. Or maybe he wrote down there uh, some, other, some other thing like theft. Or he wrote down something there, whatever it was, lust of the heart. Or he wrote down something on the ground. But whatever he wrote on the ground, he said afterwards, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And starting from the oldest, starting the oldest guy left first, because he knew he wasn't without sin. And every one of those guys left, one after the other, until no one was standing there. Because they all knew they had sin. They all knew they had been offensive to somebody, right? Everybody does it. So she's she's a long stander, and Jesus is still there. So he stands up from right on the ground, and he's like, "Woman, where are your accusers?" Yes, he and she's like, "They're gone. They left." And Jesus looked at her and says, "Well, neither do I accuse you." And then he made the thing he's like, "Go and sin no more." That was it. That was the end. What well, he just said, just go and sin no more. That's so what he told he's like in other words, stop doing this thing you're doing. She she was caught committing adultery. Which is a big sin. And he's like, Well don't do that anymore. And so she they, they landed on the side of forgiveness. If he hadn't been there, they would have stoned her to death. They would just stoned her. And killed her. Right. But because he was there and he intervened and he said something, they, she lived and they all walked away. And so he was teaching a lesson there about being bigger in forgiveness than we are in judgment. We need to err. If we're going to have an error, we need to be on the side of forgiveness and love not on the side of judgment. Now, when people think about God, they think he's all about judgment.
2: But he's not. just basically, uh, I don't
0: buy that. Just buy that. that. It's us, right. <laughs> That's us. But we, we project that onto God. But God doesn't reveal himself that way. Uh, he Even in the Old Testament, He would always... He erred on the side of forgiveness, He erred on the side of patience, He erred on the side of love, He erred on the side of long-suffering, because that's how He revealed Himself. Well, we have to retrain how we see Him in order to understand Him that way. I mean that He is merciful and He is forgiving. And he's full of love. I used to get in trouble sometimes because <laughs> I would teach about this, and people would say. The old people would say. Cause I was young, you know, when I first started teaching about this. The old people would say, "Well, if you tell people that, they're gonna go out and they're just gonna, yeah, they're gonna be offensive, you know? Like they think they can get away with it." I'm like, "I don't think so." And I, no, no, that's what's gonna happen. Like, I don't think so. But I was young, right? They're like, you don't know. And so as I was getting older, you know, I'm still teaching the same message. I'm, I'm running ministries. I'm traveling and teaching these messages. Starting a church, running a church, all that. I'm still teaching the same thing. And you know what? People don't go crazy when you tell them God loves them and that He forgives them. You know, they tend to look at that and like this woman did, and, and appreciate the grace and the love and the mercy they receive, and their life changes. That's what I've seen happen. And I believe from the very beginning, that's the way Jesus intended it, is that we need to be forgiving, and we're gonna see life-changing stuff happening around us if we're forgiving. If we're judging, everything just stays the same. And how do you grow? If you're afraid to make a mistake, how do you ever take a chance to do something? You don't. You just do the same thing over and over again because you're afraid you're going to make a mistake. Well, that's not right. You're not going to grow that way. Nobody grows spiritually if they're afraid. We have to be free to take a chance, be free to be wrong, be free to mess up and know that we have somebody loving and we have people around us that are loving and they're going to help us do better the next time. I live in a community like that, our community is like that, and so I you know I know, I'm, what I'm talking this is how we live, so I, I'm not, this isn't a theory, this isn't a theory, this is just the way we live, and when we look in the Bible you see it, and he's trying to get people to live that way, because naturally we don't live that way, people don't live that way, people are judgmental and they're mean to each other, but He's trying to get us to be forgiving patient, and kind And that's how we're going to grow. Because we're all in the same process. I'm growing, you're growing, you're growing, you're growing, you're growing. growing. We're all in the same process. And if we forgive one another, we love one another, we're going to help that process. And we're just going to keep growing and maturing. That's how it's going to happen. Do you guys have any questions?
2: Yes, and uh uh-huh. everyone should uh choose loving and forgiving. Yeah. Yeah, uh yeah, so, uh with other words that people. Um uh, even 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 that guy that I think that to someone. Right. Um yeah. De um
0: degree
2: forgive you, yeah. Um, over, Our, uh, our, um, uh, uh,
1: our,
0: uh, our issues, uh, our, our issues, our people, yeah, yeah. So, so the us forgiving helps us yeah. <laughs> yeah. and them. Yeah. And 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 heart will
2: be weaker. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and heart will be the relieved, relieved.
0: But right, right, because right. that's hard to carry. It takes a lot of energy. It takes energy to not like somebody. It takes energy to be bitter. It takes energy to be angry. Yeah. yeah. Like um, when there's
2: someone that yeah,
0: and it's good. It right. On, on good. So on, we to
2: Right. who can't us, right. yeah, and carry us, and help us, and um, um, we, we said, have um, a blessing from God, to God and all the ones are for us, all the time, carry right.
0: yeah, us all the time. Right. Mr. Joy, you want to say something?
2: and forget. But reality, I think, is very patient. And tonight we'll make may or our future community better by means of immigration. We forget. Because normal people can't do. They yeah. have to think of something that is very important than themselves. Right.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, I hope I didn't make it sound like it was
1: easy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to make it sound easy. <laughs> it's
1: uh
0: it's uh some a
2: women dou make in Thailand, each woman... and human doubtfully they will be condemned by orderly about men. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was the same it was the same in Jesus' time too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: because I think they think
1: uh, maybe they uh,
2: woman is the uh,
1: wrong way uh, than men,
0: that? Yeah. Well, I mean, to put it into those terms, if say Jesus stood up for that woman, you understand what I mean? I mean, He took a, he took a chance even standing up for her. Because, I mean, that, no one does that. Who stands up for the woman caught in adultery? <laughs> I mean, who's their advocate? Right. Well, Jesus did.
2: You know, can the
0: knee. No, <laughs> but she was in the wrong. She was clearly in the wrong, but he still stood up for her. So, and that's part of his nature. That's part of who he is. But that's part of the, to me, the nature of God that we need to find somehow. That we need to take on. Is that kind of that kind of nature. It is, <laughs> it is supernatural. It is. All right. Yeah.
3: So if we're struggling with like fear of making mistakes, we can fight that with being more forgiving towards others.
0: I believe so, yeah. Okay. And I think I think some of that is again, when we're children, we're taught we're not really taught grace, we're not really taught forgiveness or held to a standard and then that's it. And uh, because of that, we don't learn how to live in that kind of grace. Most kids don't. And so they have like a severe performance anxiety where if I don't perform the correct way, then um, someone's not going to like me or I'm not going to be accepted or I'm going to be rejected and all of that. And that's just, that's human. It's people doing people's stuff, but that's not God. We have to retrain ourselves. I mean, well-meaning parents do that to the kids. But it's not good for them. And it doesn't really teach the values of God, either. I like
3: how you said that forgiving people is, is a strategy. kind of like, well, what do I need to do? How do I do this? It's kind of like the question of how do I grow how do right. I do so we're always looking for answers and then um, something like this, is, it's difficult, but it is, I like how thinking about the strategy is counteracted active to the work of the enemy
1: because
3: that's what he wants us to do is to stay bitter, stay angry, and separate it. And that's, I guess, in a sense, even though it's energy, is also the easier way yeah. to just live in that or just what we're
0: used to. Yeah, yeah it's what
3: we're used to, so you stay there, but it's like... Do the opposite. It's like, oh, how I just do the opposite, you know? Yeah. So I think that, cool. like, we have a strategy. Um, it's not something that we can. It's not something that we, you know, uh, forgiveness bitterness. We don't have to be a slave to that. We're not like helpless. Sounds cool. like I still have
1: so I don't do it. Like I keep doing things. All right, let's pray.
0: All right, do you want to
1: uh, 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 I, I
2: would say? Yes, uh, I want to say that if a person uh, lives in uh, a village know, and, and, I'm, and I'm, yeah. in that village uh, they are living in a village, and if you have a soul, a soul, a soul, a soul, a soul, a Mm. Yeah, and a and, and person uh, should lead uh, should eat, uh from the bad village. Uh to do a uh, village uh, that be a good person, uh, to be a good, uh, to be a good thing. We
0: you share love and share um uh hearing uh hearing Yeah, th yeah, th uh, the Bible talks about that people that we surround ourselves with affect our character. And I think that's what you're saying. And so, that's true. And so sometimes I think a change of scenery and a change of people that we're around makes a big difference in our lives, too. That's a choice we make. Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father, thanks for uh, the to work tonight. Uh, thank you for the wisdom that's part of that, a strategy, a way that we can combat the work of Satan uh, to bring division and bring bitterness uh, and bring hurt into our lives and the body of Christ that we're part of. I pray tonight that you would make our hearts a little bit bigger and fill us with your love. Uh, fill us with forgiveness. I just ask that, I thank you that you're the mediator, Jesus, and you said that you would stand between us and one another, and between us and God, and that you mediate our relationship. And so God, I pray that in your role as that, you teach us how to forgive, and you provide supernatural forgiveness into our hearts, into our lives, that you train us how to be a people of love and patience and long-suffering with one another. I just ask for some of us to change our perspective. Some of us should heal our hurts. Some of us you would heal our bitterness. But so I pray God that we would see your forgiveness as something bigger. And your love is something bigger. And that you would make us and grow us in our spirit into the men and women that you would really want us to be. So I pray growth. I pray life. I pray more love. I pray more forgiveness. I pray more grace. I pray more mercy in me, in us. In Jesus' name,
1: Amen.
0: All right, right. that's what I have for y'all. Thank you.
4: UCF of Syracuse is a relational gathering of diversity in action. Economics, education, employment, background, and culture span the spectrum as we gather for the purpose of life in Christ. You no, know, me and Christ are homies. That's good. He's really cool, you mm-hmm. know. He's super close, yo. Your homeboy? Yeah. All right. Anyways, so musicians, writers, painters. You know, my cousin's a painter. Yeah? What do you paint? Houses. Oh, man. My cousin, your cousin should hook up. Yeah. So, yeah, painters and other artists express their work through the body of life of this faith community, like the you Well, there's a lot of people. Yeah. No. Started in 1997 That's a long time ago, yo That's back in the day That was before I had my eyebrows tattooed on there. I remember that mm-hmm. Yeah, As an afterthought of City of Syracuse University UCF continues to gather in the Westcott neighborhood of Syracuse Oh, me and my homegirls, we walk up and down there all the time it's, I know, that's our hood Mhm. So it's in Syracuse, New York to share the love and hope of
1: Christ Again, okay. we homies Yeah